0: Help us receive your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 10. Jesus continues his discussion with the people, some of whom are Pharisees. As he is the good shepherd, he tells them that any other way to the Father besides him is done by stealing. But his own sheep know him, know his voice, and follow him. Sheep actually do know their shepherd's voice. They are nearly blind, so they need to discern their shepherd by their voice. Similarly, we may be like the nearly blind, but hear and listen to Jesus' voice when he calls. Then Jesus tells the people he is the door, and anyone who enters in through him will be saved. Verse 9 says, he will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. A beautiful image that he will lead us to pasture where there is plenty, and we are free in him. Verse 10 tells another story and says the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. We need to read about Jesus' promise of abundant joy often because the enemy is constantly trying to steal this from us. The enemy attempts to keep us downtrodden, downcast, afraid, and immobilized. He will use anything and anyone to steal our joy. He'll even use our own thoughts. When we recognize this is happening, we need to put on the full armor of God, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. We need God's protection today and every day to live in Jesus' promise. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is verse 29, which says, My Father, who has given them to me, is greater and mightier than all else, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I take great comfort in knowing that no one is able to snatch me out of God's hand. I hope you do too. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Galatians in chapter 5. Paul continues to write about living in freedom and not under slavery according to the law. Circumcision is certainly an issue for many of the people he had been ministering to. In verse 4, he wrote, If you seek to be justified and declared righteous and to be given a right standing with God through the law, you are brought to nothing and so separated, severed from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, from God's gracious favor and unmerited blessing. He asked them who had gotten to them and tried to sway their minds and hearts towards the law instead of grace. He calls it an evil persuasion and not from God. We need to be careful of this as well. He goes on to tell them to walk and live in the Holy Spirit, being guided by the Holy Spirit so they wouldn't succumb to the desires of the flesh. And he lists many of those desires, but he also lists the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we walk according to the Spirit, we will experience these attributes, some more than others, and then he warns them against becoming conceited and competitive, irritated with one another, and envy. These are all things that lead to sin. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in Deuteronomy. In chapter 3, Moses tells them they took over 60 cities. Even though these cities had high walls with gates and bars, they utterly destroyed those cities by God's hand. Based on all that God had done for them, Moses told them to not be afraid of the future battles, the one where they would finally enter the promised land. Moses begged the Lord to at least see the land, even though he couldn't go into it, and God granted him his request. Then he was encouraged to strengthen Joshua, for the time was close when he would be one responsible for leading the people into the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses is talking to the Israelites much like a father or mother would talk to their children when they separate from one another. He told them all the things they should do and all the things they shouldn't if they wanted to remain in God's care and live in the promised land. He reminded them of the time when God spoke to them from the mountain. He continued to remind them of who God is, the power he has, and the care he has taken for them. He reminds them of the Ten Commandments God gave them and all the statutes Moses taught them. In verse 6, he said, So keep them and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. He said, Only take heed and guard your life diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen unless they depart from your mind and heart all the days of your life. Teach them to your children and your children's children. It was imperative they teach all they knew, had seen, and experienced with their children so they wouldn't forget the power of God. This is why they became entrenched in the law. It guided them throughout the span of thousands of years. Verse 20 is underlined in my Bible and says, But the Lord has taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be to him a people of his own possession, as you are this day, God's possession. Thousands of years ago, God took these people as his possession. Today, we are his possession. I am convicted here because I don't always think of myself that way. If I did, I would act differently. But when we think of being God's possession, our hearts turn to him and we ask him to help us keep ourselves holy unto him. We can ask him to continue to change us and then be willing to change, surrender continually to the one who possesses us. Moses foretold of them forsaking God, but also told them that when they repent and seek God again with their whole hearts, then he would take them back. Verse 31 says, for the Lord, your God is a merciful God. He will not fail you or destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. We serve a merciful God. As we read this chapter, we can take away all these truths for ourselves, including verse 39, which says, no, recognize and understand therefore this day and turn your mind and heart to it, that the Lord is God in the heavens above and upon the earth beneath. There is no other. Let us meditate on this today. There is no other God besides almighty God. I want to be sure to put all the aspects of my life in perspective with this truth right here. Psalm 78 is a summary of Exodus and Numbers. As you will read, Asaph writes about all that God had done for the Israelites, from Jacob through Moses and beyond, even to the death of Phinehas. This is a wonderful psalm to read, the Cliff Notes version of God's mighty works in the Israelites' lives. He ends with David being chosen for their shepherd, guided by God. David, a mere shepherd boy, was chosen to shepherd God's flock. Yes, God's plan is perfect. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for showing us more of who you are today. Lord, you are almighty God. There is nothing you cannot do. You gave nation upon nation into the hands of the Israelites, and although they sinned against you, brought them back to you. Lord, draw us closer to you. Help us hear the voice of your son, the good shepherd. Help us be obedient. Strengthen us to walk into your plan, Father. May we surrender our plan for yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.